Right, let's have some scripture. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. And a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. In the next bit, we'll read it all and then go back. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, why didn't you come earlier? No, sorry. Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Jesus told them to give her something to eat, ever practically. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Go back to the beginning, Paul. That'd be fabulous. So we've got Jairus here. I've missed a bit out in the middle of the woman that comes up to him and interrupts this story. We're just going to focus on that. The bit in the middle is wonderful as well, but I'm just going to focus on Jairus. Who is Jairus? I mean, the crowds are, are, are pushing in on Jesus. They're all expecting him, but a man came named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet. The crowd know exactly who this man is. He's a ruler of the synagogue. We don't have it now. You know, not everybody in the parish knows who the rector is, which I think is a good thing sometimes. <laughs> but when Thomas Clark was here, everybody in the parish knew who Thomas Clark was. He's an old rector of the parish, for those of you who don't know who Thomas Clark is. Um, part of the Wesleyan revival, and big part of the revival. This church has a history of revival. So when people say, oh, we're traditional, we don't like revival. Sorry, St. Leonard's traditional is revival. It's a tough, you know, I'm going to be traditional. We're going to do revival, because that's our tradition. Jairus is known. He's a man who's got status. He's got privilege. The crowd would have parted for him because they know who he is. And he's a synagogue ruler, so he's a spiritual man. Hopefully. He would have known his scriptures. He would have engaged in worship. He would have led worship. He would have been there reading the scriptures. Wearing what he needed to wear, doing what he needed to do, being with God's people. He's known. And what's the first thing he does? Don't look at me. Look at scripture. He falls at Jesus' feet. Does a man of status and of learning, known in the community, respected, what's he doing falling at an itinerant teacher's feet? Jairus is so desperate 
The title of this morning's talk is Faith That Overcomes. This is faith that overcomes and it starts irrespective of who we are and what status in life we have. So easy to have pride, isn't it? Don't you know who I am? Let me through. Don't you know what I earn? I'm better than you lot. Now, none of us, most of us are too English to say that I mean English. I, I let the, the Celts out of this one. <sighs> we're, too, we're too polite, aren't we? we don't, but we think, by heck, we think it. I'm better than you lot. We do. Even those of us who struggle with insignificance still think we're better than everybody else, you know, <laughs> when it comes to certain things. I live in Cheshire, boys. I'm better than the people who live in Slough, aren't I? Because we've got it. We've made it. We've done it. We're okay. We're educated. Do you not know I've got a degree? Do you not know I've got a first-class honours degree? I haven't. Do you not know I've got two master's degrees? Oh, I've got those. But who cares? What does it matter? I've got to fall at Jesus' feet. I've got to fall at Jesus' feet. Jairus does not hold his status. He doesn't have his pride. He doesn't hold his position heavily. Get over your vanity, Laurie, and get your glasses out. That's fine. Do, do so. He falls at Jesus' feet and he pleads with him. And that word pleading is stronger than just pleading. It's not when a kid comes up and goes, oh, go on, Dad, go on, go on, go on, please, can I, please, can I? Oh, and then when Dad says no, Mum, can I have, what did your father say? And then if it goes really badly long, Grandma, could I do? That happens, doesn't it? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realise you'd said no. <laughs> um, speaking from experience there, it's all right. He, but this is stronger than that. This is, you've got to come. You've got to come. I'm not going anywhere till you do come. Can you imagine what's going on inside Jairus? And then this flipping woman who's unclean, he's a synagogue leader, he knows exactly who she is. It's a bit we've missed out. Who's bleeding. She pushes in. Can you imagine Jairus going, oh, for crying out loud. What's going on? We've got to get back to my daughter. We've got to get... Come on, Jesus, hurry up. And the emotion that is in him. Because it says it, doesn't it? Pleading with him to come to your house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. I mean, we've just talked about the emotion that's in him in the process. What about the emotion that's in him before he gets there? This guy is so stirred up. He's got to be, he's a dad. The Lord just said to me as I prepared this earlier this week, he said, just imagine Kirsten being that ill when she was 12. About 20 minutes later when I stopped crying, I went back to, can you imagine? Some of you have got daughters. Can you imagine? <coughs> I don't want you to imagine, but I'm asking you to. Daniel, it's rubbish, isn't it? Just to think about that. 
absolutely rubbish. Sorry, mums, I'll come to you in a bit. This is we're dealing with dad here. What is it about the father's heart towards a daughter sometimes? Please, I'm not saying there isn't a father's heart towards sons as well. But it'd just be awful, wouldn't it? Aid's nodding, it's right. What would we do with ourselves? Would we come before God and go, Lord, you've got to do something. You've got to do something. I know some of you have lost children and all the rest of it. And please, it's not God that's done that. But Jairus here <coughs> is hit hard in the heart. He's hit hard in the heart. And we can imagine it. His experience and his circumstance and what he's going through makes him desperate. It gets him past his pride and his status. And he falls on his knees. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. I think that might that could be written at the beginning. Jairus came to Jesus almost crushed. Two crushed men on their way to Jairus' house. The heart is engaged here. And the enemy is going to bang on that emotion. <coughs> now the woman interrupting isn't the enemy, because actually Jesus is capable and able to deal with both. But Jairus, what does Jairus want? What's the first thing? I assume he wants his daughter healed. What's the first thing he wants Jesus to do? Come where? To his house. Is Jesus going to do that? Is Jesus going to do that? Does it happen? I'm glad we've read the same scriptures. What happens? Does he go to St. Jairus' house? No. Read the next bit again. Let's have the next bit up. While Jesus was still speaking, someone from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, came. Somebody's come from the house to where they are. He gets to the house in the end, but he doesn't go to the house to heal. Your daughter is dead. Jairus is already... Bleh. Now there's a bit more information. Your daughter is dead. That hits the head first. That's information. Bang. Your daughter has a diagnosis of an incurable disease. The worldly wisdom is she's got no chance. We can listen to that, couldn't we? Or we can listen to God. Jairus doesn't just get hit in the heart. He gets hit in the head. His heart, his emotions are all over the place. Now the information that's coming is throwing him. When Alex was ill with the um, glandular fever and the ME-type symptoms when he was younger, every piece of information we got said, he can't be healed, he just needs to get over it. Blah, 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 blah. You can't expect it to change. It will come through in the end, but it'll take a long time. Just let him rest. Just... And when we did the God thing and dealt with the stuff that was actually going on in the heavenly realms, he got healed in the moment. 
First thing we had to do was repent of believing the curses over him, that he wouldn't get well. Please, Steve's not here. Those in the medical profession, I'm not blaming, because healing often comes through the medical profession. But the worldly wisdom may say one thing, but what is God saying? Don't bother the teacher anymore. How's that for a bit of... hmm. How's that for a bit of mocking? Yeah, I don't know what you're bothering with him for in the first place. Don't bother him anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. I think that's the moment of healing. Before they've got anywhere near the house. Don't be afraid. Deal with the rubbish. Just believe, have faith. She will be healed. I think that's the moment when Jairus goes. You know, Jairus doesn't do this. I'm going to do it in faith. I think Jairus has already made huge strides to get to Jesus. I think what Jairus does at this moment is this. It's just a little step of going, okay, I'm going to believe this. Now, it's still Jesus speaking the words out. It's still Jesus doing it. But Jairus taking that little step, don't be afraid. Okay, I won't be afraid. Just believe, I believe she will be healed. Really? No, she will be healed. It's just that bang. Then the going to the house thing, I think, is working it out so everybody can see it. Do you see what I mean? I think this is the moment where he's healed. This is the moment of faith. Do not be afraid. Recognize the issue. Have faith. It will happen. That's the moment of change. And that's where some of us get a bit confused. Because we we want to see all the bits that are about to happen first before we believe. You know? Don't be afraid. Well, I'm I'm going to be fearful until I see the healing and then I'll believe. Don't be afraid. Have faith. See the breakthrough. It's really important to get it that way around. Next bit. When he arrived at the house, he didn't let anyone go in with him. What are the people doing? A bit further on. All the people were wailing and mourning. When Jesus arrives, he shuts out every bit of unbelief. He shuts out every bit of agreement with the lie that she's going to die. Doesn't let them in. Jesus, he keeps, he keeps getting cliques together, doesn't he? Keeps getting small groups of people together. To flip him right, he shuts out those that are not going to be helpful. Try doing that as a church leader. You soon get kicked in the left kneecap, I'll tell you. Oh, we should all be able to... No, sometimes there's a place... No, actually, everybody else, get out. There's just two or three of us going to go. Not because they're special, but in this moment it's needed. Please, everybody else, don't be offended because next time it might be used, one of the two. Do you know what I mean? And we can all walk in this. He didn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James. They're the three guys he absolutely trusts. And they get it wrong all the flipping time. The sons of thunder and the guy who's going to disown him at the end, you know. But they're the three he trusts. They're the three that he has a 
didn't go for coffee, did they? Whatever. He's, they're the three that he hangs out with just to... You can trust them. They've got his back. He trusts them. And the child's father and mother, because what have they got? They've got desperation. Mum's appeared now. They've got the desperation to have faith. Meanwhile, all the people were... And Jesus turns around and says, Oh, for goodness sake, shut up. I know it says, stop mourning. This is why I think the moment of healing has already happened. Because he's saying, don't mourn. Then he says, she's not dead, she's asleep. I think that's already happened. She's not dead now. She's not dead. So did she not die? I think she did. But she's asleep. Keep going. They laughed at him. Wow. Wow. As soon as we speak in faith, as soon as we try and take a step of faith, as soon as we move in faith, we will be mocked. Oh, you don't believe that rubbish, do you? And that could be a friend. It could be somebody else in the community. It could be somebody at work. And sometimes it's the little voice inside ourselves. You don't really believe that, do you? You don't believe that? No, you don't believe that. That's too big for God. Hmm. The other little lie? He'll do it for Laurie, but he won't do it for me. He'll do it for Wendy. He won't do it for... Do you see what I mean? Really? Who dwells in you? Frickers ask a question. The answer is... So, will he do it for you or me or somebody else? Here you go. Let's got both of those out of the way quickly. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? I asked an either-or question at the conference a couple of days ago, and they all went, uh, uh, no. no. So thank you for <laughs> catching on. He took her by the hand and said, get up. He didn't say be healed. He didn't say come back to life. He said, get up. That's why I think it already happened. A spirit returned to her. That's the observation that's going on. And at once she stood up. She was dead. And now she's alive. She stood up. Now give her something to eat. She's going to be weak. She's been poorly for a while. Feed the girl, for goodness sake. The dads like feeding their girls. Cooking for them and doing stuff for them. And letting them cook for us. No? You sure? No, oh, hold on. Yeah, we had some amazing brownies on the conference. Oh, weren't they good? Still not as good as Kirsten's, though. Like, it's just not. If you haven't heard, had Kirsten's brownies, get, take the opportunity sometime. Absolutely flipping awesome. Never mind. Neither of us should be eating them, but there we go. He took the chicken, feed them, and once Jesus said to them, give us something to eat, her parents were astonished. Even though they were desperate, they were still went, oh my goodness, what's just happened? Guys, if we want to walk in faith, that faith that overcomes, that overcomes death, that overcomes and sees healing, that overcomes and sees breakthrough, this example of Jairus is amazing. You might get hit in the heart or hit in the head. You might get hit with your emotions or hit with the, with the worldly wisdom, the information that's around. But lay it down. Do what Jesus is. 
does here. Speak out and do not be afraid. You deal with the, with the fear and the unbelief and you proclaim the healing. You proclaim the breakthrough. Lord, I recognize I don't believe. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Lord, let her be healed. And keep those with faith and hope close to you. <laughs> the disaffected and the mocking and the unbelieving, we've still got to love, we've still got to be friends with, but there are moments we need to shut them out so we don't hear their voices. Really sorry. If you're here and you're visiting and you're asking questions, please, we don't mean you. We're talking about those who should know, but are questioning. And then Jesus acts and he speaks. He grabs her by the hand. He lifts her up. He speaks faith. And he gets her fed. That's how we overcome fear and unbelief. Look at it. See it. Deal with it. Shut it out. Listen to the truth. Speak it out. And see it happen. And guess what happens when we see it happen? What happens to our faith level? comes up again doesn't it so next time we're more likely to, to do it and and when it happens again what happens okay look at our hand we've all got something haven't we we've got something we need breakthrough on haven't we yeah something we need breakthrough on. well that's healing somebody needs healing maybe you need healing Provision for something. If you really can't think of anything, ask for breakthrough for the flipping building project. Okay? There's always something we can ask for. But I'd rather this was personal for you. Okay, we're going to deal with the fear and the unbelief. And we're going to speak out the healing and the breakthrough. All right? If you feel you can't join in, close your eyes, keep your mouth shut. That's absolutely fine. Just respect what everybody else is doing. If you can join in, well, let's all stand. Let's do it from this place. Third time lucky, for Fred. We're there. We got there. Oh, Lord, please bring us a new building because we need better chairs than we're sitting in, more than anything, especially these benches. Lord, Thank you that you have, that you dwell in us and therefore we do have the faith to overcome. But Lord, so much stuff, circumstances, emotions, worldly thinking cause us to fear and to walk in unbelief. So after me, Lord, I recognize my fear and unbelief. I turn from it now and I repent. I receive your forgiveness. I stand in my authority in Christ. I see the fear and unbelief. And I shut it out. 
goes under the feet of Jesus. I choose to walk in boldness and faith. I just imagine your situation now, whether that's healing or provision or whatever the breakthrough you need. I declare the presence of Jesus in that place. I declare healing. I declare breakthrough. I declare transformation. I take the issue by the hand. And I say, stand up. And if it's a bad thing, send it away. And if it's a good thing, feed it. Okay? Healing, feed the person. Bad thing, out. Just do that yourself. Stop. Do you need to say this? This is me speaking over you. Stop mourning. She's not dead. It's not gone. It's not forgotten. She is alive. It will happen. In Jesus' name. Lord, all God's people said, Amen. Amen.